Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everybody? Uh, Happy New Year. I didn't get a chance to uh, run this joint. Um, what was it, Sunday? No, Saturday, whatever, whatever day New Year's Day was. Saturday, there you go. Um, but uh, first spaces after after the New Year, man. Hope y'all all had a good time, safe, all that shit. Um, in regards to tonight, most of you watched the game already. Pelicans uh, take a take a tough loss, one fifteen one hundred four against the Jazz. Bi's first game back, and. Um, yeah, man, we gonna we gonna hop into it. We got some we got some other shit that we you know it looks like we are gonna have to speak about, man. We got a uh, uh, my man Dotson is you know he's been in my ear, and I'm sure y'all saw he was uh, pretty much on on the timeline talking about some 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 trade chatter that that he's heard from a couple agents, and the Pelicans are included in this. So uh, at some point I'm, I'm I'm gonna bring him up. We are gonna chop it about that, but we want to start with the game. I see y'all requests. We're gonna get y'all up here and uh. Let's do it. Justin, what's up, baby? Sorry, my bad. I just got cut off. Anyways, uh, I'm going to make it quick. I just want to make sure – I just wanted to mention the Willie Green technical foul tonight. I thought it was an, just a, a big coaching moment for him. Um, we all saw Brandon Ingram struggle tonight, and I just wanted to make it a point that that's a huge moment for Willie Green. Uh, being a rookie coach and protecting his franchise player. Um, and that goes a long way in the locker room. Um, it's, it's, we've talked about it before, right? How Willie Green's, you know, calm, cool, and collected, but he absolutely lost his shit tonight. And rightfully so, it was a very frustrating night. But that goes a long way for Brandon Ingram. When Brandon Ingram, and that, that's something Stan Van Gunny never did, right? And that's why I think you saw that disconnect. I think that Willie Green having BI's back tonight, and I think BI finished, what, three of 16 from the field, he clearly struggled tonight. But to see Willie Green step up for Brandon Ingram in that situation um, is a huge, huge deal for this team moving forward. And I promise you, that's going to go a long way in this locker room. And I think that's why these players play for this guy. Um, and they they absolutely love, you know, playing for him. That's why they bust their ass every night. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I'm going to listen to everybody else. But um, just wanted to get my two cents on uh, that situation. Chris, I wanted to hear what, what your thoughts on, um, were of what Willie Green did tonight. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about how Willie's been calm and collective. You know, he's been he's pretty much kept kept a, a poker face on. He hasn't really allowed the good or the bad to show too much. He has little little things in which he'll do a little a little reactions, but for the most part, you know, I mean, he's you know he's pretty steady, not too up, not too down, given the situation. And um, it seemed to ha- it it seemed to have a really good effect on you know a lot of the players on the team, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, tonight, you know, his his reaction of the technical foul reminds me of like, uh, you know, you know, in baseball when when a you know a manager decides that he just goes over the. Now, I'm not saying Willie. I'm not using this comparison to say Willie go you know, went over the top, but we see it in which you know a, a baseball manager will just go nuts and pick up bases and start kicking dirt and just you know cursing in rhythms that don't even make sense just to get thrown out the game. To wake his team up, or to, you know, or, or or to send a message in it in his clubhouse. I found you know similar similar situations that can be done, um, you know, in basketball for uh, you know with coaches in which um, you know Willie Willie understands that you know certain guys like Bi, you know, they they're not going to make a big deal of things. They're not going to get thrown out of the game. He can't afford to have his star player 
um, into it with the referee or, you know, or getting himself in any type of uh, spot that will, that will cost the team. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they've, they've worked this hard just to get him back on the floor and, and we've seen how important he's been. And on a night where just things weren't falling and, and we've seen this with Brandon before coming back off of, you know, a few games missed, he's going to, he's going to have to find himself. He wasn't, he wasn't sloppy with the basketball really, but you know, the shot wasn't falling and he's going to take him a few games to get back his rhythm, but I think he will. But that was big for Willie. It sends a message. It's, just, it's something that he could have acted this way many games throughout the year, you know, he, but, but it was something about this one in which he chose to, you know, he chose to, uh, you know, to uh, react. It just so happened against the jazz team that it's always something when these two teams play, especially in new Orleans. Uh, so, I mean, I love that he did it. And um, it's not something that he's going to do all the time, but for him to pull that out, you know, just to, just to show like, yo, I got you guys his back. You know that they love him a lot. Um, we're going to move, uh, James, man, uh, if you want to, speaking of Brandon, let's talk a little bit about, about BI, man. What did you see back in, you know, in his first game in return? What did you see? What did you like? What you didn't like? Just your overall thoughts on him coming back to the lineup and how he looked out there. So the, I guess to start off, so can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Just make a show. Um, to start off on a good note, I like the fact that even though he was struggling offensively, it didn't take him out of trying everywhere else in the game. Like we saw last year and even the year before where like if he just didn't have it offensively, like he really didn't give you much, nothing much, uh, much on the defensive end and everything else. Or he was just focused on trying to score and get his. And even though he was struggling, it almost, it didn't feel like he was forcing it. I think it's just, we kind of expected, you know, as we saw him going towards the game, it was like, well, it's just like him coming back from the adventure. Like, I don't know if the ankle still bothered him or not, but obviously with him being out so many games because of injury, he had to get back in that in that mode. And kind of like Antonio Daniel said, tomorrow night, you know, he, he may have a good game tomorrow. You know, because we know usually when he play against Utah, his eyes just light up and just go hard versus them. So this obviously, I think that ankle is somewhat still uh, bothering him a little bit. But like I said, the one thing I love was the fact that he still – played the other parts of the game just as much as if he was scoring 30 points tonight. And look, man, I, you know, like the Jazz, are, they're doing they're doing what they do. At some point every year, they go on an amazing run, and they're one of the best regular season teams in the Western Conference and all the basketball. So it's no shame, you know, in losing to a team like that who's, who, you know, when healthy, you know, pretty are pretty damn dangerous. And, you know, their guys, their guys showed up. Rudy Gobert. Normal double double, ten and seventeen. You, you know, you know what he's gonna do there. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, Bogdanovich all all get you at least twenty points. I mean, you know, what can you do with that? You know, it's tough, right? And for a Pelicans team, right, that you know they they have some scrappy defenders, and against most teams, you know, you can just you know you can just alert alert Herb, you know, on you know whatever whatever the opposing team's best player is, and you know you like it. It's crazy to say. But you like your chances against, you know, and most, and we've, you know, we saw him in, in earlier matchups in Utah give Donovan Mitchell some trouble. But when you have multiple guys that can that can score off the dribble, that can score off the bounce, can sh- you know, can shoot off pick and rolls like Bogdanovich can, like Mike can, and I just, you know, it's tough once they have it going. But like I said, it's no shame in losing, you know, in losing that game, especially still working some guys back from whether it be COVID, whether it be injury, whatever the case may be. Um, five man, get up here, man. You know. Any any opening thoughts about tonight? Um, you know, Josh Hart had a really good game against Jonas. Jonas had had one of his best statistical performances 
um, you know, that we've seen for him in a, in a, in a time where, well, as of late, where he's been kind of battling and having nice ways, looking a little worn down and fatigue and needing some minutes. And then he gets the, he has the COVID situation. Um, but he had a really good night, which was, which was good to see as well. Um, I, I think Jonas looked good. I think Jonas is finding his rhythm again, but I think that's probably the word that this whole team needs to look at is rhythm. Like it's, it's hard to have Brandon and lose him. And then you play without him and then, you're trying to get guys in, and it's hard to find a rhythm. Like, if you look at the Jazz team, it's pretty stable, right? Like, these guys have played with each other. Then they're high basketball, high IQ basketball people. They know how to play off each other. Like, Donovan didn't get going into the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. Also, yes, we know he dropped off her. Cool. Like, bro, bro, do the rookie. That stuff happens. Like, who cares? Like, he got to steal like, a deflection on the next play. Like, that stuff happens. But, again, the Jazz play off each other. They do a really good job of knowing where the, everybody's spots is and where everybody's good at. We have we, – we're fun, figuring that out. That does, that takes some time, so I'm really not tripping off the loss. But it's always weird that we play the Jazz at home and it's always like we get like the most irrational refs or they make a terrible call and it just changes the trajectory of the game a little bit somewhat. I don't say – that I'm not saying that the refs are the reason why we lost, but it always something. it's always something like that. But I liked Jose – off the bench, really, really good game from him. Like, he's picking people up at 94 feet. Kind of reminds me of TJ McConnell. He's really good in the pick and roll. Jackson did play well tonight. We know. He he bobbled the ball and missed the dunk. Cool, but dude's making some other plays. And like everybody says, he needs a, a point guard. I just wish Nikhil was uh, better at decision-making. So, so, wait. So, so Fab, Fab, a follow-up question. And, and, and so, we have an order here. I'm going to come to Chaz, and then I'm going to come to uh, to a winning pals. And then after that, I'm gonna bring Dotson up. Dotson, Dotson, I see you. We want to talk about uh this trade chatter because we because we know Z and Messi. Uh but um five now with with Alvarado playing minutes, that takes away minutes from say like a Jared Harper, right? Who we saw who 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 made some key some key players in that Cleveland game it was very interesting and fun to watch him in Spurs. But you bring up you bring up Alvarado who fans and you know, I mean, everybody has nothing to say about him, you know. But I mean having has nothing but good things to say about his energy, we know what he can do defensively, and he has some positive attributes offensively. Um, I mean, we, we've only seen them, you know, a handful of minutes, and it's hard to really, you know, with small guards like that to make too many crazy declarations. But if you – but based off what you've seen, um, for those those handful of minutes while Sadoransky is out, um, do, you, do you feel more comfortable giving them to Alvarado or do you want to see more of Jerry Harper? I'm going to say Jose because he's earned it at this point, right? He's been with the team. He's been back and forth, going to Birmingham. Like, he'll uh, – there was one game where he was in New Orleans and then went to Birmingham, and he had, like, 30 or something like that and then came back with the team. Like, I feel like he's earned that earned that, that chance, you know what I'm saying? And he he got COVID, which was unfortunate because it would just would have been perfect for him to get those minutes before Jared got him. But I do like Jared. I'm just – just I feel like Jose has earned that to this point like he's been the cheerleader he's been the been a ride or die like you know what i'm saying so let him get that get that see what we got because i mean at this point like he was signed to a two-way so see see what see what he got and then we can go forward because dude gives you energy off the bench yes super undersized we totally know that but he he does play smart he doesn't he doesn't take you out of games but he does make plays to put you in games so uh, i'm cool with giving those minutes to him Okay. Uh, Chaz, get up here, man. Yo, happy new year to everybody, man. Let's have a, a blessed, prosperous year, yo. But, I, man, I, I, 
You are it's, not. It, wait, no, no. I'm not letting you do this. You're not gonna. You're not gonna come in here all that nice shit and then nah, end it with negative stuff. I, I, nah, I, I, I yeah. know what it's going. <laughs> nah, I, I, nice I, day, I, I, nice I gotta leave with love. I, I leave with love because that's what I do. I, I leave with love, right? Nah, go ahead. But, <laughs> but yo, man. Oh yeah, speaking of Jose, I, at first I was a little confused about you know Jose being out there over Harper, but like Five said, I mean he paid his dues. He he deserves a chance to go out there and earn those minutes. You know what I'm saying? He he had a few, you know, a few things you know for us to miss free throws, but he went out there, he hustled defensively, uh, got a few strips. Like he he played he played well. You can just see like a guy. You can just see people who have like at least NBA speed versus a Sadoransky. You know what I mean? But um, my to me the the biggest culprit tonight was Nikhil, and the thing with Nikhil, man, it's like, and I, this is gonna sound kind of harsh, and I hate I hate to use this word to describe the dude, but he's like a parasite. Like when this motherfucker gets on the floor, he just eats, harsh, huh? he eats up all of the intelligence on the floor, like. Like this motherfucker made one, three, and he said, Y'all must have forgot. And this nigga, this bitch just went like, this nigga went crazy. It's like, what is you doing? I think he airballed like two threes. He just, he's just, he just looks ridiculous out there. He looks like Jaleel White out there. He like Steve Urkel out there sometimes. You, he you, just looks you, you gotta stop this, man. You you already compared Gary Clark. To, to to Joe, Joe Lewis, Lewis. the, the now, great Joe Lewis, and now and now Nikhil Alexander Walker is 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 Steve Urkel. No, what, like, what I'm saying, you know, when certain players make mistakes, you could be like, well, at least I see what he was trying to do there. But when Nikhil does something, you're like, yo, what this? What were you thinking? Like, what what what, what were you thinking? Like, why why would you do that? Like, it's just, oh oh, it, it's just so hard to watch. It's it's. I feel like we lost this game. Between the ears. I, I don't even know if this was like a, a talent game so much. I just felt like, you know, we just kind of lost it between the ears. Josh, you know, he's struggling with his free throw shooting right now. Hopefully he doesn't lose, lose his confidence. He played well. B.I., I was I actually didn't want B.I. to play tonight. I kind of wanted to rest him for that second uh, game. But um, I'm happy he's out there. He's healthy. J.V., he, he, he fighting through it, man. Jackson, I'm hoping Jackson – can continue to improve to give us that change of pace and that length out there that we need. But we definitely still need another guard and uh, another big man out there. We, we definitely do, but good game overall. Well, we, we're going to get to that shortly after we get uh, winning pills up here. Um, you up, man? Uh, any any thoughts on anything that's been said? Nikhil, Harper, Alvarado, B.I., the game in, in general? Uh, you on stage, bro. I think the thing that we all have to remember that's so tough for guys like Alvarado, for guys like Harper, for anybody that's stepped into that role, is you don't know what your role is. You don't know, hey, am I supposed to be a scorer in the second unit? Hey, am I supposed to be a facilitator? You know, we saw Alvarado throw several lobs to Hayes just trying to get things up to him so that he can make the play. And if y'all have seen the past couple of games, the offense has been going – or the, the point guards more specifically in the second team have been going and making sure that Hayes gets those looks, that Hayes gets a lot of these things, which is why he has seen an uptick in playing time and a lot of other things. Hayes is so uh, so 
between the ears. He's such a between the ears guy. If he gets, you saw tonight, right? He got the very first touch he had was an uh, and one, and he played for a really really good stretch the next four or five minutes after because that's what is important to him. He needs that little, you know, that that step up as soon as he gets on the court. I think Alvarado did fine. I think that hey that that Naw has just got to. I mean, it's tough because he's taken 20 shots, you know, 15, 20 shots the past the past four, five, six games that he's played. Obviously, he missed time with COVID. But the the other part of that is we all know that he is really, really good. But the question is, if you don't have him shooting those 15, 20 shots, it's where do those shots go? Do you want, you know, Temple shooting more? Do you want uh, Hayes? Do you want Gary Clark? You know, do you want Murphy back out there? The shots don't just go away. You know, they have to be taken. I'm okay with him taking those shots. I, again, it's just like everybody else. I wish he would be just a little bit smarter with the uh, with the shots that he takes. I, it's I don't the kind think of that. Yeah, it's the it's the kind of shots. Like and like here's the like what I want people like even Chaz man, you know, like to realize, man, if you even if you play basketball, you've either been the person in some, you know, at some level, and it could be, I, I ain't talking about in, in you know, in high school or college at, at the professional level. It could be in your church league, it could be at LA Fitness, a lifetime, whatever gym membership you go and you hoop at, you know, to where like certain people just got certain, just got a, they have an abundance of, of, of things in their bag, man. And, and, and you know, uh, they, they have a, sometimes too many skills all at once. They don't know what to pull out. You know, um, and that that comes in. You know, that comes with time. That comes with that comes with practice. That comes with teaching. That comes with experience. And that's just the thing with him. It's just he has so many things in one. And in, in, in the NBA, at the guard position, man, like at that at that in that role, like the your your time or ability to be able to process it, like it's not you don't have long. You know what I'm saying? So, so sometimes you end up seeing him make it. He's like. And, and and for us, it's like, you know, bro, what what are you doing? But for him, it's happening so fast, and he makes these shots. And in his mind, he's like, man, I, I make these shots all the time. It's gonna happen right here and there. And that's and and my thought process was when he had that game, um, before he went out with COVID, where he went, I forget what it was from three hours, like, fuck, and not and then, <laughs> because I knew, and we all knew that Noah was coming out. And he was gonna shoot more threes. That that just was gonna be it. And right now, that's just not his game, especially as a spot up shooter. When he dribbles and, and he takes the and he messes up the floor of the offense, sometimes you can feel the energy sometimes and the the momentum being sucked out of the team. I'm I'm with you, uh, when it pales to where like where else are those shots gonna go? And I believe in the kills work that work ethic enough and the time that he's put into where it will eventually slow down for him. And unlike other guys on the team. I think, you know, I'm willing to give him more than just this season, you know, you know, beyond. I would like to see him continue to have it because I do think it's going to work for him right now. And I believe in guys like like Antonio Daniels, who too says he's going to be a 20, you know, uh, point per game score. That, you know, the gifts are there, the talent's there, the length is there. It's just the consistency of the game slowing down and the processing time for him, angle spots. That's what's next for him. And who knows when that light comes on for him. I agree. I think the thing that he needs to do the most in the offseason, and one of the things that I'll continue to say is that you look at guys like Hayes, you look at guys like Nikhil and some of these other people, think about how crazy their their first three seasons, offseasons have been. 
you know, you can't, you can't, nobody has been through similar things. You know, you're, you get a short playing time. The schedule is insanely long. And then you go to the bubble and then your off season is cut short. And then, you know, specifically with the Pelicans, you've got a whole new roster. You've got a whole new role. You've got a million different things going on for guys that are in their second and third year. I mean, look at Josh Hart, right? He has went through all four, five, six years in the league going crazy as a 3 and D prospect, and we're seeing him this year just now blossom into this insane transition, this uh, crazy I've got all these different layup type package guy who is just, uh, you know, I think that AD called him a cannonball in transition. And he's found this this uh, role for himself that is just really, really awesome. It takes guys time to, to find out who they are and what they can do. And it's really important to give those guys th- that length of time um, in a lot of different ways. But as fans, you know, we want it now. We want our teams to win the championship every year. But it's a process. And, again, it's this season will only benefit uh, the team down the road. And it's yeah. tough to say. We've been saying that for month or for, for several years now. But with Willie and, and a lot of other of the roster moves that we've made that look like really good moves, I, I think that it is one of those years that you have to say, man, it's tough. We're gonna have some really awesome wins. We're gonna have some really tough losses, but at the end of the day, we got we uh, have to be comfortable with what we get this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not calling them out, man. I'm calling them up out of here. I want them gone. <laughs> All right, Chad. That's enough of you. That's enough of you. Uh, no. Um, so speaking of speaking of patience, and, and I mean, you know, we can talk about you know how we see the season and so on and so forth, but. The front office, they're gonna have they're gonna have some decisions to make. Some people feel they should be aggressive, they should make a move. Maybe, maybe it's a you know, it's a small move, right? For for an additional big, you know, an upgrade at that position, or you know, there's a glaring hole at the backup point guard position. Some people would say they just they they need a point guard, period. Not not even just you don't even it doesn't matter if he's a backup stop, they need another point guard on the team that has experience that can offer a bunch of different um, qualities outside of, you know, w- w- just being a three-point shot specialist or being a just being a penetrator, being a passer. You need you need someone with, uh, you know, multiple ways to attack and break down a, a defense night in and night out. Some people feel they should make a big move. So Dotson, um, who does a lot of work in a lot of different in a lot of different areas, he had my mention. I went from having just a couple. I ain't tweet much today. I know I had like 21 mentions. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I, I couldn't. I, I knew people weren't talking about spaces this this goddamn early. What was going on? And there's a bunch of messages from him about who, what, maybe you know, the Pelicans may be looking at from you know sources that you know that he has to agents. You guys can take it, you know, for what you if you choose to believe it. It's up to you. Either way, it makes for good discussion because we gonna have these conversations anyway. So Dotson. Let them know what you heard. We're going to talk about it afterwards. And um, pretty much it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, Chris, man, I appreciate you letting me on here. I mean, we can talk about the game straight up. i give you a few little comments on that. But, hey, for real, y'all, every time I get something coming, I do send some DMs Chris's way. Just just one of them things because, cause I, I, you know, he, he's, he's one of the most respected voices. If something's coming my way, I want him to know. And and that's just you know trying to either one share love, also get feedback because Chris has got some good stuff always coming back to. So 
you know, you know, again, I appreciate you letting me share all this. Uh, looking at the game, Nikhil did some extra shit. You know, he's kind of like the thriller video versus like Amon Sherpa talking about Kobe and the good games. Jose, Herb, Josh, they're the kind of guys you want to go into a fight with. But looking at these 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 trades, uh, I don't know if I want to take questions from you. I sent you a few DMs and stuff back. Uh, but it's really just an option. It's a buffet. David Griffin can get a star. He can get two stars. He can get a rotation player. It's just how many picks and how does he want to throw Josh into it. But I did hear, and this is a direct quote, Jonas only goes if Ben comes in. So if y'all want to jump with that quote, that's one of the first ones I, I sent you and and back and forth. So I I, I mean I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave that up up to you guys. I mean so so actually how about this? You mentioned you mentioned Ben Simmons, but there were but there were other names in the text messages that you mentioned, and I and and I I want you to I want you to um to repeat them so so I can ask the next question so you know you know whoever uh, wants to chime in from there. In regards to big names. Yeah, all right. Well, let's just start with the Pelicans. I'm, I'm going back to our text messages now. Sorry if I, I hit a, a long rant to, to introduce myself. But all right, go ahead. Here, here's one way to look at it. If Josh Hart wasn't on your team, what do you give for him? Some salary and two picks? For the Pelicans, that would be Sadoransky and two picks plus a swap. Maybe some salary filler for Jackson the other way. It, it's really, what are the Pelicans? Willie can, and this is a quote I sent you directly that comes from the, all of it. What are the Pelicans willing to match in value to keep Josh? And then another quote was, let's be real. Trey, Nog, Kyra, and Jax are expendable for any star, much less two with draft picks. So that's where y'all want to go with that. that that's, that's actual quotes from the 80s. Um, well, Charles, you were, um, you, you were the last person that I, that I brought up here to speak. Um, you have been, um, anytime we talk about trades, you, you have been adamant about nobody. I mean, outside of maybe two, three players are, you know, are untouchable. You're willing to move to move pretty much everybody. Um, thoughts about things that did Dotson mention, of course, when, when he mentioned Ben, Ben Simmons was, you know, of, He's the player, of course. He he's been. I'm sure most of you know, but those who, who may not be as tapped in, or whatever. But Charles, go ahead. So the way I, I I've kind of come back on that a little bit. I think the idea needs to be when I watch this team, rotation players, got NBA guys that have an NBA NBA future. I don't want to just willy nilly send Josh Hart. And, and, you know, guys like that. But when I'm looking at the team, I'm seeing a team that goes, what, seven deep? So I'm looking at the back end of my roster, and I'm going, what can I do with these first-round picks who may or may not turn into anything? That includes Trey, Naw, Jackson, uh, Kyra, salary filler, and some of these draft assets. I'm walking into a team that's got six, seven, eight guys on rookie deals already. Why do I need to hold on to more lottery tickets? I have uh, uh, an all-star that's healthy. I have another all-star that's hopefully getting healthy. And I have another guy that's playing like an all-star. So if I'm David Griffin and I'm looking at this buffet, I don't need to move anybody that's giving me plus value on the court right now. 
But if there's a move that I can make that adds to the seven guys that I have, you got to kick the tires on that. Are you and interested in Ben Simmons? Sir? Absolutely, hey, I am. Absolutely, I am. And let me tell you why. You add him to this team, and we go from a play-in maybe to a potential uh, um, top six lock. And I don't care what his 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 upside may be capped. We can talk about what you needed to put around Ben Simmons to win a championship when we get to that point. I want to get out of this this doldrum, and I want to add talent, and I want to add guys who can play basketball. And if Willie Green is who we think he is, he can turn something into it, and we can move on from there. Once we get to a point where we're consistently 45, 47, 49, 51 wins, and we can go from there. Dotson, you were you were saying something. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to pitch this in because it actually goes with what you were just saying for another, like, you know, point of offense, getting something going, Charles, something deep. I'm not smart enough to think of this. And it goes with we we get rid of Devontae Graham, but we bring in Ben Simmons and Spencer Dinwiddie. Bill goes to the 76ers, and that's the three-team three, three team swap. Um. James, I mean, we have two-point Zions. Yeah. That's literally two-point Zions. You got Ben Simmons and Zion, you know, running back and forth. What, what uh, can you do so, with that? I mean, but, I mean, let me, you know, well, James, next question for you. Do you – because I I believe that um, there is a, a portion of Pelicans Twitter, and there's also a portion of ba- – so, number one, there's a portion of basketball Twitter that – that believes that the Pelicans don't have enough assets to acquire a guy like Ben without, um, you know, drastically hurting, right. You know, their team to where, you know, you're, you're, you're not in that much better of a situation than, than you were before bringing in Ben. And then there's a, there's a part of the Pelicans Twitter. that may not even be interested in Ben Simmons for most of the reasons. Where do you stand on Ben? So me and you had a discussion before uh, about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, as much as you can complain about his faults and, and playoff woes and all that stuff, Ben Simmons is an all-pro defender, uh, has a very high basketball IQ when it comes to decision, uh, like passing the ball, good passing skills. And like you said, like, he's 6'10". Like, he, he's 6'10 and can guard, like, you know, everybody. Like, I don't think that I've seen anybody that he could not at least give trouble to, right? And he shifted enough to where he could put you put him on somebody like Trey Young. That's that's how good he is. So the question really is, is that are you getting enough good enough return on investment depending on what you send it out? Right? Like if if Josh Hart is part of the trade, but you keep Valachunas, Zion, and BI, then to me, I, I, I hate to say it, I would send Josh Hart up out of here. It's just it just that type because again he is an all pro he's talented he's very talented you not go get you know too many players on that level here let's just be honest the other thing is though and if it's if it's not for one of those guys then I'm not trying to send out Josh Hart like if it's not for a major like superstar where like it's a one in the nighttime opportunity to get him then I'm not sending him out because I truly believe that Josh Hart is one of those ones that's a a culture builder, right? Like we hear him talking, we hear him being a leader and we seeing his play also matching his leadership. So it's one of them things that 
if it's if you we're getting like a role player coming in to that knows his role, I'm not sending Josh Hart out. If it's someone as talented as Ben Simmons, then I'm not going to hold that from keeping me from getting talent. No, James, I think I can explain it best right now. Uh, it just hit me. Has anybody ever went and bought a car and got four squared? That sort of thing where they break it down, you know, your payments and the month and all that. Yeah. This is where you, you take six players and you take six picks. Do you want two all-stars? You know, two actual playoff starters, you're gonna have to you you're gonna need all six players, five, six players, five, six picks. If you want an all-star and a rotation player that's like an eighth, uh, maybe you only need three plays and two picks. And that it's literally in that sort of way. You're gonna have to pick what you want and you're gonna have to pick how soon you want it. And if the Pelicans are going that way, I, I mean they're gonna be buyers. So- that's that, that's what people are saying. So I, I got six players. I, play. I, I say this real quick, like if like if it's on a like Jeremy, I'm not saying we Jeremy Grant is somebody we need, but I'm using him as a, a barometer of the type of player we talk about. If Jeremy Grant is someone we trade for, I'm not trading Josh Hart. Like Josh, like you said, like you, you add everybody else that's on them rookie deal and some draft assets and get him up out of here. If it's a Ben Simmons level player, I'm trading Josh Hart. Okay, if they want two of them, they're gonna really have to go big. But I still – and I'm still hearing this, and I wrote about this for Forbes like six months ago. They still might want to get rid of Tay for like Fred Van Vliet and maybe a, bring in Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, something like that as a rotational filler and then go big with something else. Oh, it's Fred Van Vliet. If it's Fred Van Vliet, I'm getting Trey ass up out of here in our, our packing bag for him. No, that, that, <laughs> like, 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 I, I wrote about that and went for real with it. That's out there. They still trying to get that because if Toronto has to blow it up, what are they gonna do? Same for uh, uh, Indiana. I know Griff has called Indiana about all them players that everybody's been rumored about, but Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, and especially Fred Van Vliet. I, I'm saying I, I literally published that shit a few months ago before I went about my way. That's still in play right now. Five, five, get in here, and then I'm gonna go, and then I'm gonna go to uh. uh my man 504 down here. Five, get in here, man. Uh about which one? I mean, about I mean what I mean, I mean what yeah, listen, I any anything you wanna you wanna respond to. Do you, you know, do you believe in the assets that the Pelicans have to be able to go to go get getting one of these one of these big fishes? Do you have, you know, uh because my thought process is like I feel like Everybody, and this is, isn't isn't an Orleans thing, you know, or just a you know a Pelicans fan thing. This this is across the board. Everybody talks about assets, and they talk about like like the same people that you will see telling you that 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 no ain't shit. At some point, a trade will come up for 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 a noticeable upgrade, and they'll be like, "No, nah, I ain't giving up enough for that." <laughs> so 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 these these conversations are always interesting to me because. Once you really start putting these people on paper, you can really, like, that's when, you know, the interesting perspectives and conversations truthfully come out because, like, you're, you know, you're talking about trading, trading guys that people thought would be integral parts of this franchise, you know, a a few years ago, you thought they would be big parts of the future. And now we're talking about trading them out and we don't know exactly which way they're going to go or how, how, how much they're being or they're valued around the league. But, would anything you want to speak to Ben Simmons, you know, a possible, possible trade tanking, not trading. I mean, whichever route, come on in. 
right, I mean, sure. isn't that the question? What would Pelicans fans trade for Tate or Josh Hart? All right, before I dive into that, I'm going to lean Breaking up. Huh? My bad, my bad, bro. Um, somebody was calling me. Uh, I'm gonna lean towards what Jane was talking about. How if 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 it's a Ben Simmons type player, then I'll do it. If not, that's not happening. Like, what's the point of trading Josh at this point? Like, he not saying what's the point, but saying he's that integral. I think he's that emotional. Sorry, yeah, again, somebody was calling. Uh, he's he's that emotionally. Put your phone on. Do not disturb, Bob. My bad. Uh, he's that emotional leader that we need. Um, I don't. I don't think we should trade him. Uh, I like Devontae. I think he he can be a fourth spacer when Zion comes back. Uh, I don't think. I like. We need to see it. It's like it's the hard thing is we haven't seen them with the person that is supposed to be around because he's not here. So it's we're kind of trapped in that point to like until he gets here. Now if Griff's Griff got to make a splash. At the trade deadline, um, man, I, I really don't know who to get at this point. I mean, we need a guard that can do pick and roll and and facilitate, but at what cost? I mean, that's. I, I, I have I have a que- I have a question though because I heard this brought up in a in a uh David Grubbs uh the Bird Call uh podcast and they were saying like you know now that the Pelicans have been playing better in the units and a lot of the good habits that we've been begging for them to have is starting to show to appear right like if you're going to make a move you know make a move where you're adding to that same thing that you're building not that's going to take away from it like so so if like let's say Ben Simmons is not is not an option right let's say he's he's not an option because the one thing I think we also forget and I think maybe you did put this in here uh thoughts of, was that uh, somebody somebody had to go to Philly that's a star because Darren Moore ain't trading um, trade Ben Simmons for draft picks or draft assets. He's trying to bring in players that's trying to get up to win right now. And JV is not that person because you already got Embiid. So in that sense that if you're going to make a move, who who's the guy that you can still get that may not necessarily be a superstar, but at the same time you can still keep – those core people intact that's helping you win games and help you build the coach. So I wanted to just hop in on that real quick, James, because I think, and I've always thought this with Ben Simmons being kind of a distressed asset, the, the Sixers are never going to get those guys on Daryl Morey's list without some third team. And Brian Windhorse mentioned that there was a, a, a wild card team, a stealth team that was out there. It has always made sense in my mind to leverage those draft assets to be a third team that can go get that mysterious third star that goes to Philly and allows the Pelicans to bring in Ben Simmons. Um, in my mind, we're closer to having an identity as a defensive-minded team, believe it or not, when you look at Herb Jones, when you look at what Josh brings to us in terms of, you know, his heart and, and you know, that emotional leadership, if you bring in a guy like him, to James's point, I think it adds to what is going on and gives us an idea of what we can be, um, a, a switchable, 
defensive minded, you know, team that can go out and lock people down. You look at the way we've been playing the last couple of weeks, it's really been our defense and not so much us knocking down shots. And I think he fills too many boxes. You, you don't know what's going on with Zion. He can play power for it, obviously, if something were to go left with that situation. If Zion comes back and he's ready to roll, he's he in his mind, he's a point guard, you know, and he can do it at a higher level than what we've seen, you know. So in my mind, to me, that's the move. And, and what Griff has to figure out, how much of his cachet does he want to give up? And I think you give up as many picks, maybe you hold on to the Lakers 2025 pick. And that, because that looks like something could, 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 you know, that could be a lottery ticket that you may want to hold on to. But I, I, don't, I don't see a situation where two or three picks should be something that he scoffs at if he can keep his rotation players for sure. 504. Um, I want to I want to bring you up to ask to ask you this. And you can you can um, in the meantime respond to whatever uh, whatever thoughts you have about anything else that's been talked about. But um, and it varies a question um, since we all talked about Ben Simmons. Do you worry? Um, is there any worry from you about how him and Zion fit together? Just on a basketball floor. I can't worry about the drama and the personalities and all that shit. That's that's bigger than me. But we talking just basketball. You worry about how um a guy like Ben Zion, both guys who, you know, um who want the ball in their hands and you know, in, in my opinion, or I mean as 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 good as Zion can be off the ball and catching lobs and on the break, we want the ball in his hands. Ben has been at his best with the basketball in his hands, but neither of them are are uh, respected perimeter uh, jump shooters. Do you worry about those two fitting from that perspective on this team? Oh, first of all, Happy New Year to everybody. So I got three points on it. To your question, nope. Look, man, two years ago, I watched a game when the Lakers played the Sixers and B was out. Ben Simmons was the best player on the court with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. He was the best player. I don't give a shit what he did in the playoffs and none of that. I know what the fuck I see when I watch that dude play. Really watch him when Embiid's not out there, bro. Like, the fucking dude is good, bro. He is fucking good. And if you have a chance to get him, anybody on this roster that's not named Ingram, Zion, or Herb, and the only reason why I throw Herb in there because of that contract. Because Herb got a cheap contract. That's the only reason why I throw Herb in there. Only reason why. You fucking trade him to go get him, bro. You go trade him. And that shit about, well, him and Zion won't fit because, you know, Zion's going to be, likes the ball in his hand. Well, Zion only likes the ball in his hand because Stan put the ball in his hand last year. Stan put the ball in his hand last year. He was, like, go look at his rookie year. Even though he wasn't really healthy, he was still getting the points. And the ball wasn't in his hand. Zion gonna get you your points. And if you put um Ben out there at point, he's gonna he's gonna open up shit for Ingram, bro. He's gonna make it easier for Ingram to get to his spots. He's gonna make it easier for Zion to get his spots, bro, to get his shots. You that shit can work. So you go get Ben. I don't like I don't give a fuck what anyone say. You go get Ben. You go get him if he's available. Now, number two on that, on my point. I don't think if Ben's not available, I don't think you could really trade anybody be besides Saddle and a trade exception. Because I don't like 
you you got to see what the fuck you got, bro. And I know it's easy to just like I look like watching this no shit is a roller coaster. Watching this Jackson shit is a roller coaster. I, I I've even been one of them people that been like trade Jackson all that, but like sane and rational. Look, man, you got to let this shit play out. You got to see what the fuck you got now. Wait till the off season because think about this: who are the sellers? Who the fuck out there trying to sell a team? Like trying trying to sell players? Everybody thinks. They're like they can make the fucking play in. Everybody does. Nobody's really trying to make trades. So it doesn't make sense to just fucking overpay trying to take the 10 seed. No, man. You sit here and you see what the fuck you got. You trade saddle. Saddle, the only dude you got to move. Saddle in that trade exception. Just move that. Other than that, you don't trade no draft picks. Do well some seconds. You got a bunch of seconds. You can trade some seconds. But first, do not move any first. Don't do not, don't, don't fucking move. You sit there. You let this shit play out. You see what you got, and let the chips fall. And then when that's whatever, whatever way it is, like whatever the season end, we might end with the Tennessee. We might end in the top five or top eight for the first round. Whatever it is, then you make your mood in all season. But the thing they cannot do, they cannot do something rational and stupid. Like, I mean, everybody's going go get Fox, go get Fox, go get Fox. I mean, I like Fox, but the thing we gotta ask ourselves: Are the Kings just really fucking dysfunctional, or is Fox a looter and a ride, a dude who can get his buckets and his team still lose? I'm just being real about that, bro. So you gotta. That's why I'm like, look, if it's not for Ben, and I can keep them three, and I don't gotta give up them three dudes, you stand pat and just deal with this shit, and just look. We gonna just have to deal with this now. Deciding he a three point shooter when he deciding he hardened when he not hardened. We gonna just have to live with fucking Jacks getting benched and then coming play playing good, then playing bad. We gonna have to live with Trey getting lost on defense. We just gotta like live through the shit, bro. We gotta sit through the shit, but don't do any stupid moves trying to chase the fucking nine intensity, bro. Don't do that shit. Just let this shit play out. Kai, That's all. I mean. Kai, Kai, I don't know. I don't know what you do for a living, man. But I, but something. Something tells me that you that, that you would be a good high school football coach. You just, you, you just have one of those voices that seem like they give like good halftime speeches. You know, I don't, you know, you you know, but neither here nor there. Uh, well, man, you know what's funny about that? Like my brother, he coached at Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you be in the yeah, locker room. Yeah, my brother over here. He coached football at Harrell. <laughs> nah, love man. Um, so well, hey Chris, if I can touch on that real quick. Uh, yeah, I think Charles said it best about Ben being a distressed asset, but he also has leverage like Bill or Dame would. And then you do have to start looking at, and I've heard this, that that Griff quote is going to get cute with it. And instead of going big, he's going to go from his seven, eight, nine player and try and get him to be his five, six, seven, you know, on the, on the rotations chart, because he just doesn't have that leverage, but you have to, you do have to start looking at the Kings Pacers, and I'm hearing, you know, Boston, maybe you won't get Tatum, but you might get Brown, that sort of thing, where you're not upgrading with the biggest name, but you're upgrading in hopes that Zion is still going to be that one, B.I. will be the two, or Ben will be the two, B.I. the three, that sort of thing. You'll have a big three, but you'll also have more of a, a, a eight-deep rotation, more than a ten-deep rotation that ends with, say, a Kenrich Williams or uh, uh, Frank Jackson instead of somebody that can actually go and win a playoff series. 
Well, uh, in that sense, like somebody like a like a Buddy Hill, right? Buddy Hill isn't a, you know, you don't got to give up the form to get him. But if you tell me I can go saddle some seconds and that trade exception, you know, to the Kings, hey, that'll be something that'll be cool. Or either intro tempo in that or something like that. That's what I'm talking about. But far wise it just, I mean, fuck, I, I mean, I bitch about Jax. I do. But at the same time, I don't think I would just fucking trade him this season. Like, you got to just see what the fuck you got in these dudes. But you got to. You can't just move this shit chasing something that's not. That, that Tennessee chasing that shit, I'm telling you, bro, it's not going to be worth it. Because, like somebody pointed out, this team is built around one fucking dude. And we haven't seen this team around that one fucking dude. So, it doesn't make any sense to try to like kind of blow this shit up. Even if you see the team with Zion for 20 games, that 20 games of data with Zion can still, you know, it can inform your decision making in all season. But that's where your variance is literally Lonzo versus LaMelo. We see what Lonzo went for this offseason. We see the trade package he got. LaMelo would be four or five draft picks plus three players. That's your variance. What, what, wait, wait, wait. But on the Lonzo thing, I've always said this. They fucked up on the Lonzo thing because they should have traded him after the bubble. That's what he. That's what he fucked up at. Oh. Hey man, that's that 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 all was right, it. All right, that, all right, hold on. That's that, what he fucked up that's on. A, that's a rabbit hole. I'm trying to avoid. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a I know. We be trying to avoid it. Like we be trying to avoid it. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And that trade pack. And I get. I look. Look. They fucked that up. They fucked that up. Sometimes you fuck shit up. But I, I just. I, like I know the losing is like the losing eats at us, bro. It, it, I don't give a fuck who he is. You putting your time and your money into a fucking teammate losing, and you see like somebody like the Kings, they got all these fucking guards, and you like, well, fuck, they ain't using Fox no more. Give them to us. I understand that, bro. But giving up these assets to go get that dude when you're in the fucking 12th seed, like, I mean, he can't fucking help them get that bump. So. I mean, you're thinking a lot about yourself, thinking like, well, he can help us get that bump, but he can't help them get that bump. Because I think the Kings should be way better than what the fuck they are right now. So, I, I, I'm just saying, trading the matchups to go yeah. get them, just, just wait. That's all. Chaz, That's all I'm saying. I think, I think the thing is, when you, when you talk about, like, Ben specifically, I mean, when you, when you look at it, like, yeah, you would love to have a player of that caliber. And... But see, the only thing about Ben, he 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 is a distressed asset, but he's a distressed asset in another sense. See, if he was just an injury-prone motherfucker or something, it would be like, well, you know, you got Aaron Nelson, hopefully he'll turn it around. But he, he'll quit on your ass and not give a fuck. Like, the money doesn't entice him. He just, he's just not a – he wants what he wants. So when you look at it from that standpoint, it's kind of like, yo, you might you – might, Spend assets on a ticking time bomb, like it might not be no, yeah. no yeah. war in this dude. You know what I'm saying? He might, he might just decide. You know what? It's hot down here. I, I don't want to be down. He quit on one team in the state already. So, but, but, but this know. is my thing on Ben, and I've and and I'm about to contradict myself. What I'm about to say about Ben, I've always stated the only the only team that could trade for Ben is a team in LA because he's trying to get less next to that yeah. Kylie girl. Because he's yeah. still mad at, he, at Devin Booker 
Like he he trying to get back with the kind of Kylie or Kendall, whatever. I, I don't know which one it is. It's one of them. I, I, so, I, I, I always thought Ben Simmons was going whatever to, piece of plastic that is. Yeah, yeah. Whatever he do to he's he's because a person like that, you know, they have aspirations of being like like a brand. You know what I mean? So he's no, already, no. He don't want to be a brand. He don't want to be a brand. Just behind that girl. It's not the brand. It's it's not the brand, bro. It's just no, that girl. I, no, what I what I <laughs> no, I'm saying what I mean. What I mean is he's a guy. He he sees his potential. He knows how good of a player he is. So he like, man, if I get to a big market, a bigger market, a more mainstream market, they're gonna appreciate me. So I don't think I don't think a guy like that coming here would be a good thing. And the thing, even though I mean I'm willing to take the risk, but it's not the same thing as a, a boogie situation when you got a male content, but he's an old country boy, he don't really give a fuck. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Ben well, Simmons, he specifically doesn't nah, you know, nah, he nah, wants nah. to be I, I don't think big. it's market size. Hey, bro. You can put Ben in OKC. If you could somehow get him back with that Kendall Kylie girl, he would turn into fucking LeBron 2.0. That's what it is, bro. I don't know, yo. (laughs) Look, I'm telling you, bro. Like, (laughs) go look at his timeline. Like, go look at his stats. Go look at his stats. I'm so fucking serious. Like, look at his stats at a timeline. Y'all talking talking about OKC. Shai Gilgis Alexander is better at basketball when he's focused on basketball than Michael Jordan if he's focused on some Kardashian. Say that again. Oh, I, I, SGA. I, well, I was better at basketball. If you focus right. on some of that Kardashian, it don't matter. If you focus on something off the, off the court, you ain't good on the court. They just you just gonna no, no, no. It's like yo, yo, different, bro. We we we, we, got, we we gotta wrap it up on the Kardashians, yo. It's getting I, out no, of hand. I'm about to say, I, I got about so, I got about I, fifteen I, minutes, and we will not I, I, be talking about yeah, I, yeah. This, yeah I, I don't care because I think Jay, get in here, man. It was like that at LSU. I'm just saying, them girls, them light skin girls, you love them, bro. You love them, But my but my thing is is that. After all of that, like we we can talk all about the Kardashian and everything like that. Like the man still played good regular season basketball. Like really, the only issue people have with this man is whenever he gets to the point where you need him to like, hey, we need you attack right here or get right like dump the ball. He's scared to go to the free throw line. That's that's the part where you you scared of. But here's the thing though, the thing about it, like even though Joel Embiid is better than both Bi and Zion currently. The style of play, like if Zion is healthy with Ben Simmons, you got a dude on your team that literally you can give the ball to and attack the rim every single second, and it's relentless. Like there is nothing stopping him from getting to the basket, which may also help out Ben Simmons a lot better offensively. Now, the thing is is that will it fit right now and stuff like that? Maybe not in the playoffs. But the issue is you're trying to get to the playoffs. You'll figure out the playoffs when you get there. Like up, up if you add Ben Simmons, to a team that has B.I. And, and Jonas, that's how you think about Zion right now. Like, if you just had him with with B.I. and and uh, Jonas, that should be enough for you to be a playoff team and to catch up at least get to the 10th seed. Yeah. Now, like some, like someone said, I'm going I'm to finish real quick. Someone said, don't make, uh, Kyle, you said don't make a trade to just chase the 10th seed. I don't think trades, this is necessarily going to be specifically to chase, chase the 10th seed. You want to get there. But I think the trade that you also want to make is you're trying to get guys in now 
that's going to have long term contracts that you know for a fact you ain't got to like you ain't got to really make a decision on this offseason because you know they're going to be there and you're going to have them. Like you got to make a decision on Jackson. You got to make a decision on No. You got to make a decision at some point on Kyra. Like all these players, you got to make these particular decisions on. If you trade them and then get a guy like Ben Simmons, you don't have to decide anything. And, and one there. more, and one more thing, James, to piggyback on what you said. As far as assets, they only mean something until you use them. You know what I'm saying? Like if you yeah. make if you make those draft picks, it's over. It's, it, it immediately depreciates. The more people see Nikhil playing the way he's playing, all that potential that, shit. You there know, you go. That, that's that's like, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, you you say that, Chad. I literally that was my going to be my response is that you said you got to see what you have. Well, guess what? Other people will see what you have too. So if it don't turn out to what these guys are at least somewhat, you know, serviceable, like if Jackson Hayes falls off the cliff again and then he don't never play again, then guess what? His trade value has shitted. If now keeps shooting the way he shoots, then his trade value will continue to sink. Like, like I hate this phrase because it was used on somebody that I like, but sell high. <laughs> like, sell high while like you can at some point. But it's whatever. Go ahead, Charles. My bad. Nah, you good. I, I... – I've been sitting on this conspiracy theory for about three months. I'm going to throw it out. Chris, bear with me here. Um, if Griff makes a move for, for Ben Simmons or, or tries to, you know, obviously, as Dotson pointed out, Ben has leverage. You know, I've been trying to wrap my mind around this Lonzo situation. You know, 601, a deal was done. And I think about, you know, um, Kyle Lowry and then Chris Paul and then, our, our name was even mentioned with Spencer Dinwiddie's free agency. And, I, and how could we go after the top three point guards in the free agency and not go after the top point guard, in his mind, available on the trade market? You know, Clutch has firsthand uh, uh, a front row seat to what New Orleans was able to do with Lonzo uh, and his shot, uh, Ben Simmons, his the weakness in his game is his shooting, his inability to shoot, his his lack of wherewithal to shoot. And I think to myself, if if Ben Simmons leaves, what's the ideal place for him to go? Well, it's a big market with uh, a, another superstar that can space the floor so they can be a yin and yang. What's the next best option if that doesn't materialize? It's kind of like a politician after a debate. You're always trying to minimize expectations, right? If Ben Simmons goes to a place, 28th largest media market, you know, uh, you know, with the pressure is not Philly bright in terms of their fans, a team that's not good. If you lower the expectations, all of a sudden he can he can he can overachieve and you can flip the narrative like clutch. If clutch is anything, they're, they're not stupid. You know, Rich Paul is not a dumb man. He's super smart. Ben Simmons chose South Louisiana before, you know, he ended up in LSU from halfway around the world. You know, I'm just saying like, in my mind, like it it feels to me like this has been percolating below the surface for some time. Um, And and that to me is the only way that kind of explains some of the perplexing things that have happened in, you know, over the last six to nine months. All right. Hey, all right. So look guys, I, 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 I got maybe five minutes here, man. So I'm I'm pretty much gonna close it out. This is a really good conversation, and I wish I could 
we could go a little bit further into it, but this has been been about an hour here, so I'm I'm about to close it down. Um, I I want to leave with one last with with one last point, Chaz. You can get in here. I'll have you know whoever else that wants to respond, uh, and then uh, I'm gonna close out shop. I think uh, the thing that we have to ask ourselves, or when you look at the team objectively, you have to ask when it comes to Tay and Hart specifically. Because everyone else, I think we kind of know who's what. It's either we're on one side or the other side when it comes between Tay and Hart. I think you have to ask if Tay's clutchness and Hart's culture setting, are those intangibles worth more to you? Than the tangibles you might get, because if they if their intangibles are worth more, if the culture and Dante Devonte being clutch are worth more, then you keep them, and you just stick with that. I was I Love was saying yeah, oh, go ahead go ahead. I was just gonna say in response to that, kind of like what what Chad said. You, I don't think you're in a situation where you want to make a huge splash right now, because. You have a young coach. You seem like you're building good habits, right? And, you know, I think you can still do that and not do this bullshit that everybody keeps talking about tanking. Like, you can still sit there and still try to win. I think they're, the hard part is, like everybody say, is trying to figure out what those trade pieces are where you don't overspend for a guy that's, you know, a serviceable backup. But you also don't want to sit there and then go out there and go big game hunting and then fuck up way too soon than you necessarily had to, right? And I'm I'm also not in the component of like saying, oh, I don't want this particular talent when he's good. Ben Simmons is good at the end of the day. I mean, look at look at how you were talking about draft picks. That is Boston in a certain extent because they they got Grant Williams, they got Freighton Pritchard. And those draft picks were less valuable as soon as there was a name attached to them. There's no reason the Pelicans can't make some tertiary, secondary, you know, moves, not for the biggest names, but for the second level names, and then push in all their chips for a draft pick this year. Instead of moving back, they actually move forward, where, you know, it's kind of a reverse of what they did a few years ago. All right, guys. Well, that's. That's gonna be in well the end here for tonight. Um, I probably back to best be weird for me. Probably be one of them situations if the Pelicans end up upsetting the Suns, we'll we'll definitely pull up. Otherwise, I'll see y'all uh, later on in the week uh, during this during the rest of this homestand. But as always, man, I appreciate y'all pulling up. This this was a really good show. Uh, it's recorded, so you guys can pull up as always and take a look and see what you know all the crazy shit that was said that, or, or that wasn't said. Charles, what you said about about Ben wasn't all that crazy. Once we started talking about you know uh, Chris, well, no, it wasn't it wasn't Chris Jenner, uh, it was Kendall Jenner. That's when shit got a little weird. But outside of that, man, I think y'all kept it. You know, y'all kept the G, man. So we had a, you know, we had a good talk. Uh, hopefully, the Pelicans are able to rebound and uh, upset the Suns tomorrow. I holler at y'all. Peace.